Hello and welcome. Is your business your mission and your mission your business? If yes, you found your tribe. Whether you feel like it or not, you are avant-garde, going your own way, making your own path, doing it like no one has done before. And the answers to the challenges you're facing aren't in a book. My friend, you are not alone. This is the Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Bailey, a mission-minded serial entrepreneur and traveler. My purpose on this earth is to use my authenticity and passion to equip and empower social entrepreneurs to live in their highest calling, feeling freedom, fulfillment, and security, and inspiring others to do the same. Join me for stories, tips, and tricks for taking avant-garde inspired action in your business so that you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. I believe it doesn't have to be hard to be right. Welcome to episode 29 of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I am so glad you're here today with me, my friend. I hope you enjoyed the last four episodes of the Specialist Series, where we had two experts clear up some of the mystery around marketing and financials. Today, we are moving more from the business end of the social enterprise spectrum to more of the humanitarian end, more of the nonprofit side that's completely oriented towards people. Obviously, you know, you have to have both, but it's important, I think, sometimes to focus on both ends of the spectrum, and then we kind of all find our little spot in the middle. So today you'll have the opportunity to learn from someone who has literally invested her whole life, whole life in service to others. She knows all about fundraising, helping people in crisis, rallying people around a cause, relying on her higher power for guidance and provision, and juggling the roles of being a young wife and mother of four while having hundreds of others watching her and watching how she handles herself in situations that most of us have the luxury of working through in private. And now, among other things, she's mentoring leaders who are doing the same. I have the incredible pleasure of introducing you to one of my most special friends, Sharon Williams. Sharon is the founder of Act for the Nations. It's a nonprofit dedicated to helping women attain a better life for themselves. And she's not only a one-time author, but a two-time author. She is here today to share with you, and she is a living example of life and service. My hope for you is that by listening to Sharon and the wisdom that she shares, that you'll feel encouraged, feel kind of this new gust of wind in your sails, and walk away with more tools to help you keep going when others stop. Because we all know you're the one that keeps going and others stop. When it comes to thinking about Sharon, I was thinking about how to introduce her and I, I still don't even know where to start. We have spent so much, so many good parts of our lives have been together. Sharon and I have literally traveled all over the world together, either on exploratory trips to set up humanitarian projects or actually doing the humanitarian projects. And if you happen to read my blog post, Why Social Entrepreneurs Are My Jam, I shared the story of how I learned about social enterprise. And Sharon and I were on together on that trip, on that humanitarian project when it happened. 
When either one of us is going to a new country or considering a new project, we are each other's wing woman of choice for the adventure. And she's got so much information to share. So today we're going to kind of narrow the focus down and talk a little bit more on the side of her life as far as what she's doing now mentoring leaders. But there's so much more to share about Sharon. And with that... We will bring her on. So Sharon, I've shared a little bit about you personally, and obviously you have lived a life in service, but can you tell us a little bit about your role now with ACT4? Kind of tell us like what it is, why'd you start it, and and what you're doing. Sure, I'd be glad to. Thanks, Tricia, for having me on today. ACT for the Nations is, as you said, the byline is we help women attain a better way of life. That's a simple statement, but there's so much more to it than that. What we really do is we work alongside people who are doing the hard stuff. Um, We work on five continents around the world. And um, instead of, you know, calling up people or maybe just showing up in a country and trying to figure out what to do to help people, we contact the people in the country and say, what are you in the middle of right now? And how can we come along and help you to accomplish what you're doing? And so it looks different in every country. Sometimes we're helping rescue babies. Sometimes we're working alongside human trafficking organizations. Sometimes it's leadership training. Other times it'll be retreats for for women or expats that are working in a, in a foreign land. Uh, just whatever the need is in that particular place. Um, most of our trips are women to women. I feel like there's just something different when women come together. And we found a niche there that's unique. Women can be real, you know, when it's when it's all girls, you know, we kind of let our hair down. So that's in a nutshell what Act 4 does. It's a lot more than that, but that kind of gives the picture of what we do. We do about eight to 10 trips a year. So it's full time. Mm, wow. Why did you start Act 4? I mean, a lot of people would hear what you're doing now and they think, gosh, how do you even, how do you even start that? Or how do you even know where to find people or that that need even exists? Yeah, I I have people ask me this question all the time, Tricia. And it's, (laughs) how do you start anything? You know, it's not like I set out with this long-term goal and I was going to do this, this, and this. And by the time I'm retired, I'm going to accomplish all these things. Maybe some people, I mean, goals are good to lay that out and to give you a grid to run on, but it's more step-by-step. It's more doing what's in front of you. It's more making the most of every opportunity. And so to say I started out with this plan is not accurate because it changed. It developed along the way. I honestly just wanted to help women. Mm-hmm. And whatever that looked like, I didn't know. But it was like, I okay, here's some women that need help. Let's go do that. And just continue to develop it as we go. And, um, you know, I think that's a way to live life. You know, make a plan but let it be adjusted along the way and and kind of find your place as you go. It's been my experience. Mm. That's really inspiring and empowering to hear because I think especially in the business side of things, people hear so much about setting goals and there's so much pressure around setting goals and accomplishing your goals. And it's very encouraging to hear someone give more of a balanced perspective of goals are great, they're a roadmap, but it's important to make room for the miracles as well. Absolutely. Yes. My life has been filled with miracles. And (laughs) if I didn't make room, 
you know, think of all the things I would have missed along the yeah. way. You know, so you you have to be flexible in the midst of, you know, your your grid you're running on and make mm-hmm. sure you know, you've got room for that. Yeah. So you work with women all over the world. Currently, you have projects on five continents. And I know that you work with them kind of in group settings, but also some one-on-one. Can you share with us, and I think this will apply to some of the men as well, the guys who are listening, when it comes to working with people who are also living a life of service, what are some of the most common questions when people have this few minutes with you? What are some of the questions that are common around the world that people ask you? There's several questions. I always say the first one that comes to mind is, uh, what if I make a mistake? And I think that's universal with people everywhere. We're out there doing the unknown so many times when we're working in these situations. And what if I mess things up? What if I go off in a direction and it fails? And, you know, my answer to that is, you know, how will you know unless you try? And so many things are are learned through making a mistake that that's actually the roadway or the roadmap, I think, more so than the successes. Because you you learn from each trial, each situation, and each time you fail and pick yourself up again, you learn more about your character, you learn more about the road that you're on, and, and you learn more about that superpower that helps you along the way. So I think really you learn more from those mistakes. So instead of being afraid, go ahead and, and embrace it and um, see where it takes you. Mm-hmm. I I hear that a lot too. I I think we talked about that in episode five. People wonder, well, what if I miss, whether it's, we talk about God in general as a higher power, there is a lot of pressure. I think a lot of us, especially if we're leaders, we do feel like we have to do everything right. And we do feel like if we make a mistake that people are going to look down on us or we're going to lose our credibility. I really appreciate you sharing that with us, that it truly is about the mistakes are where life happens and the lessons learn and you grow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's that's the first thing that I hear mostly from the people I mentor around the world. I think the other side is the spiritual side. They all want to know, how do I balance that? How do I embrace it? How do I spend that time? How do I know that God's speaking? How do I hear his voice? These kinds of things are always coming at me. Um, And I think that people that do this kind of work overseas with purpose, they need to engage their spirits. I think it's, it's so, for me, it's crucial, but I think it's important that we acknowledge that because we're not out there on our own and we have to, we have to give place for what Mm -hmm. God's doing. Mm -hmm. So when someone says, how do I hear God or how do I know if God's speaking to me or this voice that I'm hearing, you know, kind of goes along with worrying about making mistakes. And is it really God or is it something else? How do you guide people to know when it's in that spiritual side of their lives, whether it's God, Yahweh, whatever, how do you guide them in that way? I think it's practice is the number one thing. You have to give place. You have to uh, give time whether you want to call it meditation or quiet time or, you know, time alone, just that go into that space where you can actually, number one, acknowledge God. And number two, begin to learn how to listen, cultivate that listening voice so that you hear him and you recognize when it's you and when it's him. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a fine line. That's one of the topics we talk about a lot is how do I know it's God's voice, you know? 
And again, I think it's practice. The more you hear it, the more you recognize it. And I was just telling someone yesterday that, you know, the first voice you hear when you're asking for something is usually God, because God knows what you're going to ask before you ask. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second voice is yourself, the doubts and all that comes in, you know, and, and so if you will trust that first thing, generally speaking, that's the voice you want to hear. So we're so quick to get into confusion and doubt and not trust that first voice. Mm-hmm. So that would be my advice. I love that. Trust the first voice. We could do a whole class about trust the first voice. <laughs> if you yeah. just know that, you don't even need a class. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I know that you work as well with, so people who started out more on the nonprofit service to other side. And they moved into business either accidentally or quasi-intentionally because they realized that this is how we can best serve the people that we're caring for. When it comes to, if we're talking about, you know, common questions that people have, when it comes to kind of like the business side of things, I don't want to, to separate it because it kind of all comes together. But there is this this business element that kind of once you get into the business track, you know, that's kind of where more the pressure for goals and achieving things comes in. Are there any questions that come up that you hear from the social entrepreneurs that you work with that are kind of unique? Yeah, I think so. And as you've laid it out, it's clear that is a lot of what happens. People fall into that, go back to how do you know what you're doing? You know, you set the goals, but God adjusts it along the way is when people get into that business side, they tend to struggle with leveling up is the way I like to say it. And mm-hmm. that, that is, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in all, all areas. A lot of people get into that place where they they have some success and they stay there. It's, I don't know if it's out of fear or comfort or whatever the reason may be, they have a tendency to put a cap on it. And mm-hmm. there's a lid that stays there where they can't go beyond it because they're, they just can't excel beyond it. And a lot of people that I work with is pushing them forward. That's what I do is to encourage them to lift that lid. You know, there's more, there's always another level. There's always more you can do. No matter how busy you think you are, sometimes just that being willing to step up, a lot of the busyness will settle down and you'll find that actually that next level is easier than it was before. But if you stay in that place where, okay, I've got success, I'm not going anywhere else, I'm staying right here, I think that can be a very bad road for you. Mm -hmm. I think we always need to look for what's next and always prepare for, you know, I love the fact that we get a new year, a fresh start. Mm-hmm. And that's a time for us to evaluate those things, you know, and say, okay, where do I need to be? What do I need to accomplish this year that's different than last year? Mm-hmm. And look for that, you know, that step up because we should always be climbing and never reach that place where, you know, we we cap off and we stop because we'll become stagnant in that mm-hmm. and, and get complacent. And mm-hmm. we don't want to reach that that spot. We want to continue keeping that that fire burning, that heart of serving people and Mm -hmm. not allow that become mundane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. There's a lot of talk in the business world about a lid being put on people, but it sounds like opposite is true. We probably put lids on ourselves more than other people put them on us. Exactly. Yes. 
Want to know how you can use your natural skills, personality, and talent to create the social enterprise of your dreams? Find out how to design a life-giving, sustainable, scalable impact business based on your social entrepreneur style with my What's Your Social Entrepreneur Style quiz. Whether you're dreaming of starting an impact business, already have a social enterprise and it's not as much fun as it used to be, or you have loads of experience and you want to make it better, I created a free 10-question quiz to help you gain more clarity about yourself and how to build or refine your social enterprise, not only to fit your style, but to find others who complement your style. Not only that, but with this newfound knowledge, you'll feel empowered to enhance your process instead of just focus on the results, which, let's face it, can take a while. To discover your social entrepreneur style, go to trishabaileyphd.com and take two minutes to answer 10 really fun questions about yourself and your business. You'll immediately find out whether you're a passionate go-getter, meticulous analyst, supportive mediator, or enthusiastic influencer. Then I'll send goodies and guidance to your inbox specifically curated for your unique style. You'll also get this super fun, this is me graphic that you can share on social that shows your style and your strengths. Talk about free, easy, and non-sleazy self-promo. Again, that's trishabaileyphd.com to find out your social entrepreneur style with my fun, fast, and free quiz. So when someone is in a place, when we talk to to people, I don't I don't like to focus on the negative, but I also want to kind of normalize things that happen and challenges. So when we are facing challenges or when some of the people that you mentor are facing challenges and they're those things where they're just like in a rough spot, feels like they're not going to get out of it or they feel like they've made a mistake. How do you counsel them when they're in that place that's not ideal or not where they want to be, but yet it's kind of that place of of growing? So you see from this perspective and from your wisdom that well, they kind of need to be there for a while. How do you counsel or mentor someone through something like that? Yeah. Well, in my mind, what I want to say is get a grip, kid. (laughs) 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 I'm somewhat joking. (laughs) But but no, I think in in reality, you know, we all go through times, you know, where Mm -hmm. where there's a struggle, whether it's a, a place of complacency or dryness, or whether it's a struggle where we just feel like we've got more to do than we possibly can, or we just feel like there's a you know, a real battle happening. We all go through those times. And in the middle of those times, it seems like it's going to last forever. It seems like I'm never going to get out of this. You know, we, we get almost to a place of desperation. What my advice to everyone is, is to realize this is temporary, mm-hmm. that you're walking through something. This is not a permanent situation, that it will change because everything does. And at the same time, that when you're walking through that, Many times we have the the perception that we've got to get out of it. And so the whole time we're in the middle of the struggle, we're working so hard to get out of it that we miss what's going on in the middle of the struggle and that there's a lesson in that struggle. There's things to learn, just like I said about mistakes. There are things that we're going through that we can actually learn so much from if we'll embrace it and kind of uh, ride the wave, so to speak, as we go through it, realize the storm's going to pass. Mm-hmm. And the sun will come out again. So keep that in mind as we're walking through things that this this is not as bad as it seems. 
Don't let yourself be so overwhelmed by it, but learn from it and walk your way out of it. And um, most of the time, I, I see great victory on the other side. Mm-hmm. Just seems to never happen as fast as we want it to, does it? <laughs> it's never. It's always too long. You know, it always is exactly as long as we need it to be. And yeah. I acknowledge God in that, that there's a certain process that we're going through. And if we Mm -hmm. allow that process and the length of time it takes, because everybody's different, we all need a different length of time that we'll see, you know, we'll see the other side and it'll be good on the other side. Mm -hmm. I kind of like to circle a little bit back to the spiritual part and tie into where we are now, because I think that it's so important for people to hear. Pretty much every social entrepreneur I know is led by a higher power. It might be a different higher power, but it's this thing that's in them. And it's pretty much too hard to be a social entrepreneur without a higher power. And one of the things that we talk about in Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Foundations, is the very first thing we do is we start developing this practice of having quiet time. That's what we call it. And it could be meditation or, or whatever, but just that time to get in tuned with our spirit and that that first voice, as you said. When it comes to whether we're kind of in a fire in the middle of something and or, you know, we are trying to know that we need to stretch ourselves, how important is it in your experience to stay in tuned with your higher power, intuition, inner voice, your first voice? when it comes to becoming and and growing as a leader? I think it's vital. I can't imagine doing this kind of work without staying in touch, staying tuned in. It comes to mind, one of the girls that that I mentor um, is in the middle of a real struggle right now. And I, I asked her one day, I said, where where do you find that quiet place? Um, you know, where is it where you feel the most free, the most secure, the the most settled? And she was saying, you know, out in nature. And I said, then make it a point, you know, every day, if possible, at least every other day to go out, even for 10 minutes, just take a little break and go out in nature and just allow it to rejuvenate you. And for me, it's the ocean. So it just depends, you know, different people, some people, it's the mountains, or it might just be in a quiet room, wherever that place is at that point of contact where you can let everything else go. It's so critical that we do that for our our whole being. You know, it can be, you know, a a mind cleansing. It can be a physical relaxation, you know. So it it affects every part of us. Um, Also an emotion, of course. But for me, it's a spiritual connection with God that gives me the fuel that I need to continue what I'm doing. It's like, that's where my power comes from. And if I Mm -hmm. don't spend that time in His presence, just listening to him, talking to him, spending time meditating on him, you know, that's what rejuvenates me and gets me to that place. And um, I think we all need to find that. That's, that should be the center of who mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. I love the example you gave of being in nature because it's something that it's so attainable for most of us. I mean, even if, if we live in a city, it's not and not super easy, but still getting out, going for a walk, even if it's walking around the corner and walking down the block that maybe has a few more trees or a few less people, just that getting out and getting centered and feeling safe. It's huge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes just uh, when I go out for a run, uh, that's just, it's just me alone and I can just be so clear-minded and um, listen 
to God and speak to him when I'm running. So it could be you know, an exercise that you do as well, um, whatever it takes for you personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as a leader, Sharon, you have lived in the public eye probably more than anyone I know. And I know that for all of us, whether we're in the public eye or not, it's very easy to doubt ourselves, kind of what we talked about earlier, whether, you know, putting the lid on things or feeling like we've made a mistake. If you, whenever you're working with other leaders, is there anything that you know now that you wish you would have learned sooner that would kind of help you rise above some of that, that pressure and the learning you had to go through in the public eye? more easily? It's a loaded question. The first thing that comes to mind is don't be in such a hurry. Mm-hmm. I think my younger self was so driven to accomplish or to be that I hurried through things. And I think I missed a lot of points, a lot of lessons that I could have really grown quicker or easier. It actually would have uh, propelled me forward if I had not been in such a hurry. That's the first thing. The public eye is, it can be a, a difficult road to, to navigate. You always have people that have opinions and some of them are well-meaning and they come to you from right and left and up and down and everywhere. And, you know, it's hard not to want to please people. So when they come with this advice, you know, what do you do with that? And I think my younger self was too, too exposed to that. I allowed myself to be influenced too quickly and too easily. Mm-hmm. I think we can be gracious and listen and take in what people say and how people respond to us. But, you know, I've had things as seemingly silly as someone noticed and I just bought a new pair of shoes and they're questioning, why did I feel like I needed another pair of shoes? It's that kind of level sometimes in the public eye that people are just scrutinizing everything you do and mm-hmm. it can become overwhelming. But if we will learn just to take it in and be kind to people and evaluate it and take it to that secret place and say, God, is there any truth in this? What do I need to adjust and move on? Because people are going to have opinions and you can't get away from that. But I think my younger self would have benefited from letting some of that bounce off and not Mm -hmm. taking it in so deeply because, you know, it can hurt if you allow it or you can just grow from it and Mm -hmm. um, develop. So that's great wisdom. That's great wisdom for all of us, I think, whether we're in the public eye or not. Yes. So you obviously had a lot of experiences, good, bad, and ugly. And you have written not one, but two books. Thank goodness your wisdom is not like going to go to heaven with you. (laughs) So can you tell us about the books that you've written? Uh, yeah, it's it, to me, it's miraculous. It seems so incredible. I can't believe it. But the first one is called Chief Women Arise, and it's a 30-day devotional book based on women from the Bible. I wrote it along with a dear friend of mine, Shana Weiss, and she really pushed me to do it. And, you know, that's, I have to say, if, if anyone has a book in mind and you're not motivated, find a friend that will push you along the way and set deadlines for you. She held me accountable. It was great. But this book is based on the scripture and and the book of Acts, where it talks about chief women of the city and how they had influence. So we took women throughout the Bible that had stories that we could learn from that give us insights. And so every day you learn some kind of influence and how can you you apply that to your life and your growth as a leader? 
So um, that's the first one. And that encouraged me because actually it was easy to do the second one. And the second one was 10 years in the making. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) About 10 years ago, I was having my quiet times. And every morning I would, we lived by a river. And so I would go out by the river and God would speak to me from the things of nature along the river, whether it was the birds flying, a boat coming by, the trees across the way, just the different things. So I used each one of those to put together a a devotional book and it's called Catching Minnows. That is the principle is the minnows are those choice, choice, tasty morsels that we get. And for us as believers, it comes from those times in our quiet time. And so we have to catch those. We have to be intentional with them. And so I use the different scenes that God showed me as principles for each day. And so it's also a 30-day devotional, just using nature because God speaks through nature. I'm very proud of those two accomplishments, and I have heard many comments about how it has blessed others, and that's the purpose. And how wonderful is that? Because you basically have offered a tool to help all of us in our quiet time, the thing that we need the most, we're quiet time or meditation, especially since it's in a devotional format. So it's the lessons are short to read, but thoughtful. So it's great for people who don't have a lot of time to read long lessons, And then you can think about your responses while you're on a bus, on your walk, you know, on your commute. Well, we will link to both of those books in the show notes. So thank you for sharing those with us. Thank you for the opportunity. So you've done two. Just Mm going to throw it out there. Do you have another one in you? (laughs) Oh, Tricia, yes. You're on a roll. (laughs) Oh, yay. (laughs) I do. And this one is years in the making. I've had people say for many years that I should write a book about my story, you know, about what I've done and the adventures that I've had. And, you know, my thought in the back of my head is who would want to read that? But I feel like what God wants me to do is to help others who might want to do what I do and don't have the tools or the courage to go. And so I want to write the book that will talk about traveling with a purpose how to do the humanitarian work and do it successfully by using the stories of my life. I'm thinking I might call it Girly Girls Go Global. Because <laughs> oh, I love that title. Wow. <laughs> I want people to know that anybody can do this. You can be a girly girl and still do this. Um, you don't have to be a backpacker and go through the jungle. You know, that there you can make a difference in the world. People say that I'm brave and courageous and that they could never do it. These are the, the people, quotes that I have. And I, I don't see it that way. I see it as, you know, it's it's doing something that is a privilege, that is an mm-hmm. adventure that I absolutely love and live for. And um, to me, it's not difficult. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know that that's grace. I know that it's a calling. But at the same time, you know, if you do it right, it can't, it's not difficult. It can be done. And that's the book I want to write. So mm-hmm. hopefully I can get somebody to push me and put me on deadlines <laughs> and I can get it done. <laughs> oh, I'll be your accountability partner. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm putting it on my calendar now. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> That'll be an easy book to find to Girly Girls Go Global. Wow. You'll just have a difficult time. Saying, you'll have to practice saying that a lot <laughs> before you're All talking right. about it. <laughs> Well, before I ask my last question, so we're linking to the books in the to Chief Women Arise and Catching Minnows in the show notes. Where can people find you and learn more about you? 
Um, well, all over social media, of course, but probably the easiest way would be um, the website is Act for the Nations, the number four, okay. Act for Nations.com. Um, there's also a contact button on the website if someone wants more information. That email comes directly to me. So um, okay. I'll personally answer any of those if they have questions or they want to go on a trip. You know, I'd love to talk to people about it. Oh, that sounds great. That's exciting. Well, we will link to that in the show notes as well. And I'll also put, for some of you who like Instagram, we'll put in Instagram and Facebook as well. So there is no reason for you not to contact Sharon. (laughs) So Sharon, at this point, you know, Act 4 has done so much in its time here on this planet. What is your biggest vision for Act 4 as as you see it now? Not you know, not necessarily setting goals, but kind of in your mind's eye, what is the vision that that you have for Act Four at this point? Um, well, I feel like there's a bit of a shift this year, and um, we're going into some new countries and doing some some new projects, which I'm excited about. But I think my ultimate goal uh, is kind of my life goal, and it it's really helping leaders. If I can find those uh, people who have the heart to go and to do this hard work. Um, then I, I want to help them be successful. And if I can finish out my years just helping them one by one, uh, continuing to mentor leaders and help them to succeed at the, the calling and the purpose that they have, then we can help women and children and people around the world. And we can make a significant difference if each one of us will take that. So that's what I hope to accomplish. And I feel like I'm in the middle of doing that, but I want to do more. I want to level up. I want to increase. And so that's that's what I have on, on the table right now. So. Well, I can speak from personal experience that you have made a drastic, drastic difference and in influence in our worlds and in me as well. And I've seen you do it in, the, in many others too. So... We are so excited to see more of what you do with Act 4. Thank you so much, Tricia. It really means a lot to me. Well, thank you for being on the show. And I look forward to all of you connecting with my friend, my very dear friend, Sharon Williams. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I hope you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. If you enjoyed what you heard, share it with a friend. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it here on your podcast player. Questions, comments, or feedback? Connect with me directly at trishabaileyphd.com or on social at trishabaileyphd. Now, you go and get back to making the world a better place. I'll see you back here soon.